competing with camels for water? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The bushfire catastrophe in Australia worsened last week as hot, dry, and windy conditions caused two large blazes to merge into one megafire, covering about 1.5 million acres, the size of Delaware. The huge conflagration is only one of almost 150 fires in New South Wales after years of drought. The Washington Post reports that conditions were so extreme Friday morning that forecasters issued a warning for a severe fire-generated thunderstorm in northeastern Victoria, specifically for damaging winds. Towering clouds have appeared above the fire zones, the most fearsome of which are known as pyrocumulonimbus. They are fire-generated thunderstorms and can rise up to 10 miles or higher, but contain little rain. In some cases, they look more like explosions and can generate their own tornadoes. The bushfires have been so intense that they've pushed smoke particles into the stratosphere, where they can travel thousands of miles and even influence regional and global climate. The fires are raising concerns about drinking water quality as treatment plants have been damaged or impacted by fire-related power outages. A release from the University of New South Wales in Sydney describes how the loss of trees and ground cover has made the soil more vulnerable to erosion and when the next big rainfall event comes along, runoff will wash a lot of ash into waterways and reservoirs. About a billion animals have succumbed come to the blazes, and in addition, officials in the northwest of Australia approved the culling of 10,000 feral camels after complaints that they are endangering humans as they search for water. One person told the Australian newspaper that her community had been inundated by wild camels knocking down fences, getting in and around houses, and trying to get water through air conditioners. CNN reports that there are believed to be more than one million camels in Australia. Australia, a number that's rapidly growing. Inside Climate News reports that scientists are saying that as the Australian fires burn, we are witnessing how global warming can push ecosystems past a tipping point where they will not return to what they were and will transform into a different type of environment. The climate crisis led to nationwide protests in Australia on Friday, with thousands taking to the streets, calling for the resignation of Prime Minister Scott Morrison due to what they see as a lack of action by his administration. As the climate crisis continues, President Trump proposed last week to sharply limit environmental reviews under the National Environmental Policy Act, or NEPA. Mother Jones reports that agencies would no longer be required to consider climate change when evaluating the environmental effects of pipelines, power plants, oil and gas drilling, airports, highways, and other development. The overhaul is aimed at speeding up energy projects and other development by limiting the number that require in-depth environmental review and expediting the process for those that do. Most concerning to environmentalists is that the proposal would allow agencies to not only ignore a project's vulnerability to climate change, but also its cumulative effects on global warming. It's not at all clear that the president's proposal to change the way NEPA is administered would withstand challenges in the courts. The proposal now faces a 60-day public comment period, and public hearings are scheduled in Denver and in Washington, D.C. in February. 
On Saturday, January 11th, a 5.9 magnitude earthquake struck off the coast of Puerto Rico, one of a series of hundreds of quakes that have recently hit the U.S. territory. The trembler knocked out power to areas where it had just been restored, following an earlier 6.4 magnitude quake on Tuesday. CNN reported that about 300,000 customers lost access to potable water, and an official in one city said that the situation is worse than after Hurricane Maria in 2017. Authorities provided tents to help residents sleep outdoors in some places because of fears that buildings could collapse. The House of Representatives passed legislation on Friday to broadly regulate PFAS contaminants, also known as forever chemicals. PFAS compounds are used in a variety of products, such as raincoats, nonstick cookware, and firefighting foam. They're considered forever chemicals because of their persistence in the environment and in the human body, with 99% of people tested found to have PFAS traces in their bloodstream. The House bill targets PFAS contaminants that have been leaching into water supplies across the country, and the Hill reports that Democrats have argued the legislation is necessary due to a lack of action by the Environmental Protection Agency. However, passage of the bill came over objections from the White House, which accused Congress of sidestepping the EPA. The administration threatened to veto even if the bill made it through the GOP-led Senate. And finally, for those of us who garden, it can be a bit distressing to see the leaves of fruits and vegetables bug-bitten and full of holes. But according to new research, insects noshing on your vegetable patch might be a good thing. Scientists at Texas A&M say that bug bites on the leaves of organic fruits and vegetables can trigger a defense mechanism that increases antioxidant compounds in the produce. Plants naturally react to threats in the environment by producing specialized chemicals to ward off predators. Some organic farmers claim their crops, including bug-bitten ones, have more of these compounds than non-organic plants and that the chemicals can help our immune systems. The researchers at Texas A&M wanted to fact-check that claim, so they mimicked insect bites on strawberry leaves a few days before harvesting the fruit. When they measured the berries for antioxidants, they found they had higher concentrations. Organic farming has experienced continued growth in recent years, and there's increasing demand by consumers. Displaying produce with a few imperfect leaves may one day be a selling point. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.